My name is Stan Cole. Welcome to a new project we are really excited about called Tales from the Creek. I'm a Campbell graduate, class of 87, and have worked at Campbell University for more than 30 years. In Tales from the Creek, I'll be visiting with people who have made this place special over the years. 2022 marks the 60th season of Campbell men's soccer. An NAIA powerhouse in the 60s and 70s, my first guest was a member of Campbell's first NCAA Division I team in 1977. His playing career launched him into a four-decade-long coaching career. I'm delighted to be joined by Rusty Scarborough. Welcome, Rusty. Rusty, let's start by just uh, going back uh, and uh, when your uh, a little background, uh, if you will, about uh, when your family moved to Bowie's Creek. When, when was that and what was it like growing up in, in the creek? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Stan, for having me on. Um, I think this is an awesome opportunity for Campbell to promote themselves through the past, right? And look forward to being a part of that. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we, we moved here in January of 1970. Mm -hmm. um, I was in the fifth grade, so it was a long time ago. Uh, you know, Campbell, for us, for me, really bought – brought a sense of family you know to to myself i felt very comfortable from day one you know and sometimes it's very difficult for young young kids and even teen teenagers especially to to make a move but for us you know we had there's, there was uh, three boys and and then we had bennett our younger brother came along later but um you know it was really a very easy transition because it was small town environment um it was a family that, that went across campus, you know. So I, I went to Boys Creek Elementary School and was the last class to graduate from Boys Creek High School mm -hmm. uh, back in 77. But uh, the the people in this community were very open-armed, uh, brought us in, treated us well, um, and we felt like we were part of the Campbell family from day one. Your folks, Todd and Elva Scarborough, ran Service Enterprises, the multimedia um, conglomerate, so to speak, of, of mm -hmm. Campbell University. Your dad was a UPI photographer, and your mother oversaw everything from printing to uh, uh, the, the secretarial pool and, and all sorts of, uh, of communication efforts, um, audiovisual uh, through the area. How did um, having that kind of access to the community, I'm sure you were, uh, you, you tagged along on some assignments every now and again. Yeah, I mean, they, they were pretty busy, obviously, trying to get that off, off and running. Um, and we were, you know, we had the luxury of traveling with Dad some on some of his, uh, you know, photography shoots and things like that. But more importantly, we were kind of, we were on campus daily, you know, mm -hmm. running around, walking around, uh, which made us feel more comfortable in, in this environment and in, in this community. Um, did you play soccer before you came here, or how were how were you introduced to the sport? No, never even thought about soccer until we moved here. Um, so, like I said, I was in the fifth grade. Started playing soccer actually in the eighth grade, mm -hmm. um, and then you know, on on the team, Boys Creek High School, and and then went through the high school environment. Couple club soccer wasn't really big at all back then. Mm -hmm. uh, my senior year, it kind of developed across the state a little bit, more like, um, for lack of a better word, all-star teams were mm -hmm. created. Uh, so I had that experience my last year in high school, but really started playing in the eighth grade and never looked back. Yeah, I loved it. 
Right. Yeah. Who who introduced you to the game? Who were your coaches and um, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys that you played with? Yeah. Uh, well, Barry Howard was by far, you know, probably the most impactful person in my coaching life. Uh, I learned a lot from him, not just about the game of soccer, but you know, just about how to how to be a player and how to be a coach, really, at a young age. But he was very uh, instrumental in kind of how I've developed into a person and a coach. Um, players, you know, Tony Johnson, my brothers. I had I had two brothers, mm-hmm. Scotty Scarborough and Marty Scarborough. Uh, we all played together, which um, you know I think we'll, we'll discuss in a minute. But you know, other players in this area. David McKnight was a very good player. Tony Johnson was younger than me, but ended up being really good and played professionally. Um, and, you know, Donald Mangum, people like that. There's different families, right? So the Mangums had three boys. Uh, Johnson's had, gosh, three or four boys that played. So it was all kind of um, – it, it was – like I said, it was, it was a family. Sure. Uh, Barry um – before he passed away, he always loved telling the story of how he came to find soccer. And his senior year of high school, he watched the first game Cam- Campbell ever played at um, in Bowie's Creek at Old Taylor Field next to the, the old First Baptist Church where his dad was the pastor. And, and he fell in love with the game there and then went to Campbell the next year and started playing soccer and, and turned that passion for the game into a coaching um, experience. And from what I understand as a way he told it and related is that he would take players from Bowie's Creek school and go around to other small communities to teach the game. So they would have more players, more teams to play against. Um, did he have that kind of soccer evangelism, uh, feel about him when, when, uh, he was coaching you, uh, as a, as a young player? Yeah, for, for sure. Um, Luckily for me, when when I started playing, especially getting into the high school level, uh, he had already uh, planted that seed across the county and, and across the state. Uh, so there was, you know, not so much of that happening with me. Uh, that was more with the Tony Farrell, Mike Farrells of mm-hmm. the world um, uh, that really had a big part in growing the game of soccer uh, in this community and especially in the state of North Carolina. Um, but he, you know, he would always talk about this is the initial stages, right, of, of this game. It's going to grow over the next 30, 40 years, which who would have thought it would be like it is now. Um, but he, he he had a vision. He wanted this game to, to really grow and mature into a special uh, piece of people's lives. Sure. So many um, – there's so many instances where you grow up and you've got a family and multiple siblings and you're scrapping and playing and always together. Was it just kind of a natural thing that – uh, when y'all moved here, the, all three of y'all started playing soccer, and and what was that? What was that like uh, with you and Marty and and Scotty? Yeah, I mean, I, I th- well, I think you know, being in a small community, there was only a couple sports that were here, right? The right. Baseball, basketball. We didn't have football, American football. So it was it was soccer, basketball, and baseball. Um, and you know, I, I think you know, soccer was in the fall, so it was. It was just a an easy transition coming out of middle school, going in into playing playing that sport, and uh, it was so much fun to have two brothers on on those teams in high school and, and even at Campbell University, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, you could talk to my mom, but she she probably was very appreciative of 
travel to Maryland and see all of us play instead of going to three different places. But um, it was it was a tremendous. I mean, it was a, it was a tremendous opportunity for me to be able to be around my brothers on the field as well as off the field, but on the field and have that uh, enjoyment of growing a team together. Sure. Yeah. Rusty, you were on the first Division One team here at Campbell in mm-hmm. the fall of 1977, and over your uh, four and a half year career with the with the team, um, were able to play all by your final year. All three of you were on the team. Uh, you and um, Marty both had some injuries that made you miss a season or redshirt or something like that. But um, how have you seen the game of soccer grow, or college soccer in particular, from those early Division One days for Campbell back in the in the late seventies to now here in, in 2022? Yeah, I mean before Division One transition, you know, the NEIA Campbell was, I mean, top eight top 10 in the country all the time for years, years over years. But uh, so that transition was a, it was a tough couple of years, you know, to, to, for co- for coaches to get them to be able to recruit the right players, right. To, to go take that step to division one. I think we did a great job of planting the seed, planting the foundation. Uh, we struggled with wins that first year, first couple of years, really, uh, but it was more so just changing the competition level and playing the playing the navies of the world instead of uh, someone else. So, um, you know, I've I've seen Campbell soccer evolve over the last forty years to where it is now, which is top twenty five in the country. Sure, you know, um, you know, back in back in the seventies, you know, the recruiting base was really the northeast i would think um you know from new york down in the 80s it actually got into georgia and florida a little bit more uh but really northeast bound players and i've said this many times but 95 is a great corridor for (laughs) recruiting if you have a university close to that so i I think that helped in in coaches you know we had some transitioning coaches early on from division one uh those first five five or six years uh, and then you you know you get co- you get coaches like Derek Leeson, mm-hmm. right? Did a tremendous job, uh, really taking that big step. Barry Howard, before Derek, you know, um, then taking this taking a little bit, couple small steps, but then Derek took some big steps forward with us, uh, with the recruiting, right? Got more, some international players, more more international players would help, which helped. Um, you know, Doug Hess was awesome. You know, coming in and did a tremendous job, and now you know Dustin Fonder's just off and running with it. So, I think it's been a it's been a the first couple of years were very, we took baby steps, right in the Division One level mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, the university supported every, the program and backed it, and that continues to grow. Uh, they have their own stadium now; it's tremendous, right? Back in the day, I played it. Half the half the game was on the uh, infield <laughs> of a baseball uh, stadium. Uh, so it was baseball and soccer. So it was it's, it's evolved and it's um, it's been a tremendous enjoyment for me to watch it change year to year and get better and better and better. Sure. Yeah. Your your senior year, Tim Morse came in, mm-hmm. um, and Tim was one that um, was with us from uh, '81 through the '86 season before he decided to. Uh, uh, make a career change and entered Campbell Law School and practiced uh, law for three decades before he retired. Um, 
Looking at that 1981 team picture, you mentioned the uh, recruiting corridor from up and down I-95. You had Mike Little from Miami and, and the guys from up in New York, but you also had you know, David Nesbitt and Mike Griffin from over across uh, in uh, Scotland and, um, and England. And um, in my time in Bowie's Creek, I've always felt like this is a crossroads for the world, mm -hmm. uh, with especially with uh, international students coming, uh, and, but even more so now, the influx of international athletes in almost every sport that Campbell offers. What was it like, you know, being the Bowie's Creek guy, and then all of a sudden these accents and these different cultural influences uh, uh, converge? Uh, what did you learn from that? Well, first of all, it changed it changed my mentality of the culture of the of the sport. You know, um, I, I had the luxury to travel when I was a senior in high school. Like I said, with the, uh, a club team or a team combined of players across the state abroad, and and the mentality abroad for soccer is a whole lot different than it was here back in the '70s and '80s. Uh, you know, you're, you're in your community and you live and breathe the game, right? So having that part of uh, that influx of, you know, Nisbet from Scotland, Philippe Botan mm -hmm. from, from Belgium. Was, all those guys stayed at my house, right? Mm -hmm. my, mom, was, my mom was their mom when they were here. So um, they, brought a, they brought a different level of tenacity, culture, experience, uh, what the game means across the world uh, to us, which helped all of us grow. Certainly. What um – what were some of your early soccer influences? You've, you've mentioned Barry Howard earlier, but some of the earlier, uh, whether it was a coach or another player, what are some of the, those early influences that, that um, uh, grew the game for you and helped you develop as a player and then decide to get into coaching? Yeah, well, first of all, it would be Barry Howard, um, you know, because I was in the, the high school stages of my life, so looking to have someone to follow and look up to, um, Outside of your home, right? Right. Uh, was was tremendous. He and he he did he did a great job with with all of us with that. So he was he was very important in and you know me molding myself in my career uh, into something that I'm, I'm pretty proud of. Um, you know Michael Parker. Uh, you know at UNC Greensboro, I had the luxury of being his assistant for five years. Uh, what a different mindset great great um soccer brain right i learned so much with him on a different different way um you know so those two guys probably in, in the game of soccer had a big influence on me uh to, to kind of help mold who i am you know <laughs> quick quick story but you know i retired last last we announced it last january mm -hmm. uh 22 in February of 22, I had to go to Las Vegas to represent the Charlotte Independence Soccer Club at the ECNL Symposium. So, room of 200 coaches, presenters speaking, big um, TV monitors with the you know what they're talking about presenting and on on the on the on the board on the up front, and I'm I'm standing up taking pictures, right? So you're always going to get you're always trying to evolve as a coach you're always trying to learn from somebody else and i've retired a month before that and i'm taking pictures of what's on the board <laughs> you know so it's, it's just that's how that's the nature of the sport nature of the profession uh, every if you're a coach and you want to be somebody you're going to always pick 
something up every day, every week from someone else. So uh, there's I could talk about many people, you know. Outside of the, the, the game of soccer, I mean, administratively, organizationally, how to lead clubs, Charlie Slagle was tremendous for me, tremendous uh, – had a tremendous influence on me. Uh, Jay Howell, which was a, the director, executive director at Castle also, uh, Capital Area Soccer League in Raleigh. And another guy that I had the luxury of being around for four years uh, at IMG Academy was Greg Phillips. Greg is in the athletic director's profession, or was uh, he Oklahoma, Florida State, and then he was a co-managing director at IMG Academy. And he, he, really formed me into someone off the field, uh, more of a business administrative organization, how to run a, a business and a program, not just a team. Um, so I learned a lot from him and respect him very much. Yeah. Rusty, what, what made you decide, uh, when did you first think uh, that you might get into this, this coaching thing that has turned into a four-decade career for you? Yeah, I, th I always thought I would be a teacher. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. to always be around athletics and mm -hmm. sports. You know, I played, like I said earlier, I played soccer, I played basketball, baseball. You know, um, and started for all, all those teams in at Boys Creek High School. So I, I was always around athletics and always around sports. So I knew that I wanted to stay in that profession, um, and I thought I would end up being a teacher. And I taught for eight, nine years, and it just kind of morphed in more of an athletic director type role slash coach and not really teaching. Um, so that's, and that's been great. Uh, but the game of soccer, you know, when I first, my first job out of away from Campbell was at Oxford Orphanage mm -hmm. and I coached all those three sports, but the soccer was just, it just, I could tell that was it, you know, that was in 1983. Uh, that, that was the, that was the sport. I wanted to be just a soccer coach. You know, and not basketball, not baseball, that sort of thing. But, um, and that's kind of how it started evolving every year a little bit more, just specifically with the game of soccer. Sure. Yeah. Um, and you transitioned. You were at Carvance Academy. You've been at Greensboro College, mm -hmm. North Carolina Wesleyan. Um, tell, take us through some of those early stages. What it was like uh, going back and coaching boys and and then girls, and uh, as as women's sports. Uh, came to be to the forefront here in the uh, uh, as the 70s uh, grew into the 80s and on. Um, what, what were some of your better your best memories of, of some of those stops that you've made along the way? Yeah, um, well, another Campbell alum, Tony Farrell, uh, got me into the college environment um, at North Carolina Wesleyan, and I learned a lot from him because he had already been there, you know, three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, so he he was a, a very, very good person for me, a very good mentor for me at the college environment, recruiting-wise and, um, you know, off the field, taking care of all the, the areas off the field as well. So, you know, I enjoyed the college game. I enjoyed the college game. Um, but you can only – it's not it's not like coaching in the college game. I mean, the college game is – when I say that, it's really it's a short season, right? Mm -hmm. It's not It's not 12 months. It's on the field 12 months. So you're on the field for four months, you know, a little bit over four if you're like Campbell men's soccer here and playing in the tournament um, and the women's soccer the last couple of years ago. So really, I, I really 
started doing more with the youth, and I enjoy that because that's, you know, you lose a game, guess what? Your next game's tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you don't have to wait six months for another game. Mm -hmm. So, um, and you can make an impact on, on lives a little bit more and a little bit deeper and um, and more more people, more kids, right? So, you know, over, I've overseen the hundreds of kids at one time. So, um, youth soccer was is my most enjoyable time. I did love. I did like the college environment, um, and was lucky enough to be around players and and that that were successful. So it was it was fun. Um, you know, I think it was not ten years college college coach and seven, no nine years seven of them were in NCAA tournament. So that was good. Um, but the youth game is really, I think, is where it's all. That's where you develop kids off the field, on the field, into total people. Certainly. How does it differ, Rusty? You've coached all ages, both genders. How 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 is coaching different um, age age groups, different skill levels, uh, boys versus girls, men versus women? How how's that? How does that differ? And then how's it different changed since when you got into it in the early '80s to now? Well, I think that's that's probably been a positive to be into into the game in the 70s and we're 80s as a coach because you did coach both genders. Um, there's not a, a lot of people out there now that coach both genders, you know, and, I, and to be honest, I enjoy both. Um, you treat them a little bit differently, but you, you coach the same way. It's, it's the game, and, and, and kids re respect that and, and want that. Um, so really the game – it's evolved so much over the last 40 years, but the game is, you know, I, I really believe you just you coach the game the way it's supposed to be coached, but you treat individuals a little bit different. Sure. Um, and I've been lucky enough to be around some good players, good teams, and been fortunate to be successful. So it's been fun. How, how's your approach? How did your approach change throughout the course of your career? Is it, is it yeah. with what you have to work with, the skill level, the experience? How, how has that changed, Rusty? Yeah, I mean, I've said it earlier, but you know my my philosophy or the, my uh, DNA has evolved. Also, right? You you have to change. Um, I believe this 100%. And I, I, every club and environment I've been in, I've always had this somewhere in in a document. Champions are willing and able to adapt. So, <laughs> you know, I could coach uh, 18 kids that have never even seen a soccer ball. Or I could coach 18 players that are all state, all American type players. Um, you know, the game's the game, but it's just how you treat them and and, and um, morph them into a team, right? To want to play for each other. So my yeah yeah my DNA has changed. Uh, I think early on in, in the 80s I was a little bit I was hard, um, probably coming from Barry a little bit. So, but I you know I was a little bit more hard. I wasn't a dictator. I was a I think I was probably like Mike Krzyzewski. The players loved him, mm -hmm. but he was hard. Right. And I, I like to believe that kids liked to play for me, but they knew that it was business, right? We also had a good time. Uh, but I've morphed over the years to a little bit different, where it's more uh, – what's the phrase? I'm, it's more player 
and you know, I want players to bring out the que- answer the questions. It's not so much about me giving every bit of knowledge that I have. It's more about you solve the problem, right? So it's because it's become that way the last ten years. Does that um, go along with um, uh, being a parent as well? As you try to, <laughs> when we're little, we try to take care of them and meet their needs, and then we try to teach them how to to problem solve along the way as well. Yeah, problem solve is a good way to good. That's the word I was looking for, but. Um, I think so. You know, I think being a parent obviously helps you to be a coach because you, you know what the kid's dealing with. They're, you know, when there's a problem at practice, you've, you've probably seen some of that somewhere with one of your kids or their friends. Um, and you're more able to um, absorb what's going on with, with a certain player and provide some feedback in a positive way sure. than, than you were if you're not a parent. Rusty, what in, what in your mind makes a good coach a good teacher? Uh, or what, you know, what 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 are some of the yeah. attributes that a, a coach or a teacher, a good coach or teacher, might have? Uh, I believe you have to earn your respect, but having the respect of your individual players, um, you know, to be a good coach, a good teacher, you have to be able to communicate. And I really believe com- part of communicating is listening. So you have to be able to listen also. Um, for me, with all the different people that we've talked about already, you know, you've got to have the work ethic to, because, it's, you know, it's a 24-7 job, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in season especially. You know, you're on the road and you've got 20 kids in a hotel, you're in charge of them. So it's, it's, a, it's a 24-7 job, hard work, the, the work ethic, the dedication to the, to the sport and, uh, and really trying to – you're trying to develop kids to become better people, right? And then it's saying that while you're doing that, you want to win some games because I'm, I'm all about winning. There's sure. not one player that's ever played for me that will tell you different. Um, you know, it's just all, you know, it's, it's all about winning and being successful, but you can lose and be successful too. So failure is not losing, right? Failure is if you quit. And that's that's been my kind of go-to comment the last two or three years. Uh, so – I think, you know, really hard work, work ethic, dedication, communication, um, and just having the respect and giving the respect back. Excellent. You are a Bowie's Creek kid, so to speak. Um, your wife, Dana, is also a Bowie's Creek kid, daughter of Jimmy and Patty Jung. Uh, Jimmy, a longtime chemistry professor. Patty taught here at the, at the university as well in the music and fine arts area. Um, Tough question. Did you have Dr. Jung in college? Was was he one of your professors or? Uh, no, no, I did not. You know, I was in the physical education and health um, department, so I didn't have to cross over to the chemistry department. So that was for me. That was good. That was a blessing. <laughs> but uh, he was very. He, you know, he's like a dad to me. So he, he we've known each other. Gosh, five, forty-five, forty-six, seven, eight years. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit how you and Dana, I mean, obviously, if y'all were growing up in the same area, how did y'all met, meet and how did y'all's relationship evolve or, or grow over the time? Yeah, we, uh, we based, we've been together since we were 14. Wow. And I was 15, she was 14. So, um, it's, yeah, we've, it's been awesome. We love each other. She supports me. I support her. Uh, she's made me who I am. So, uh, you know, I, I really believe that and appreciate that. 
Um, it goes back to the first question about, you know, Boys Creek living in this area. It's, it's been a good, close-knit family, the Jungs and the Scarboroughs, and, and that keeps growing, right, every year. But, um, you know, we went to college together, Dana. We went, obviously, in high school together, went to college together. Uh, I was the last class to graduate from Boys Creek, so she moved on to Harnett Central, and then I was a freshman at Campbell. But uh, we stayed together. We were together the whole time. And, you know, year after we graduate, graduated, we get married, and, you know, we keep going on. So it's been fun. That's awesome. Um, y'all, you mentioned y'all have, uh, recently moved back to Bowie's Creek, um, and uh, you touched a little bit about going after you announce your retirement, you go to a symposium and you're still taking notes. How are you staying in touch with a game that's been so much a part of what you've done now that you don't actively or, or, or have, a, have a team that you're coaching right now? I mean, is that mm-hmm. still part of your daily routine to check in on that? Um, I, I check in on the kids that I had, had the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the staff and the staff. So we stay in contact all the time. They – Open the season this past weekend at a event in Greenville, South Carolina, and you know, I was not there, and first time that's happened, right? So that was different for me. So I keep in contact with them. They let me know how the kids are doing. You know, obviously families reach out and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" That sort of thing. But really, I'm I'm watching the game. You know, I watch I'm watching more soccer on TV uh, than I did when I was working, to be honest. Um, and now having the luxury of being in this environment at Campbell in this community and people like yourself, I'm able to stay a little bit connected, you know, kicking off with this podcast, but also uh, with the games that are coming up. You know, I'm going to try to step into that arena a little bit as a, as a color commentator. So it'll be fun. As a coach, you've been so busy um, coaching. And when you're cl- club coaches, you're, it's an all-day thing sometimes. And um, But you've watched, you know, thousands of hours of soccer and and some of the uh, broadcasting what what do you think makes a good broadcast what do you think uh, uh, goes into that that um, when you're hearing and sometimes you cringe at what the announcer might say and sometimes you you uh, you think to yourself wow that was really a great point I mean what are some of the observations you've seen from as the game has grown from a media standpoint in in the United States here especially over the last 30 years right right um well, right or wrong, I think it, you know may, maybe it's silence sometimes is good, right? So during a game, you're commentating or you're you're helping, you're being a color analyst. Uh, you know, you, sometimes you don't have to say anything; you just let the game kind of evolve. The game of soccer is free flowing, so it's not going to be a stoppage all the time and play by play uh, environment for a commentator. But um, you know, obviously, you got to have knowledge, uh, be able to communicate. Uh, well, well, and be able to kind of see how the get the flow of the game is going and how you can interact at certain points. Uh, you know that flow, right? Of what's happening on the field. Sure, you've you've known both our head men's soccer coach D- Dustin Fonder and head women's soccer coach Jeff Gross for a number of year uh, a number of years. What impresses you about Dustin and Jeff as you've followed their careers and and, and see them grow and, and move here to Bowie's Creek, a uh, place that you hold near and dear? Yeah. Uh, their demeanor. I think both of them's demeanor is, is uh, appropriate for the for this level, right? The college level. Um, they they very they communicate well. Um, 
Dustin does a, I mean, does a great job of, you know, I have to be honest, I haven't been on the sideline with Dustin many times, so I don't really know how that environment uh, carries out. But uh, off the field, he's very approachable, very uh, knowledgeable in the game, uh, does a great job recruiting. Um, players love to play for him. And uh, I think, I think his, the future is very bright for him, right? It obviously has been here at Campbell. Uh, Jeff communicates well. Uh, he's more of the problem, let the players solve the problems kind of coach, uh, <clears throat> and then interacts, you know, when he needs to. Uh, and, I, and I know he's, you know, he, he's ready for this environment and ready, ready for this jump and be ready to carry this program forward. So I look forward to both being around both programs. And, and the question before this was how do I stay in, involved mm -hmm. with the game since I've been retired? Right. They've really had open arms, and help, and I've been out with them training, and since they, you know, a little bit in the spring, but even now preseason, going out and watching a game, they they've invited me out whenever I want to come out, and that that really helps a lot. It it just feels like if for the, the people listening who don't know when we talk about Bowie's Creek and Campbell University, and whenever somebody says, well, what makes Campbell special? What makes this community special? The number one answer is always the people. And um, and Rusty, I can go back and, and tell stories about your parents and right when I was a student and, and them and Coach Wendell and Susie Carr uh, looking after us um, as when we were young people who didn't know what they were where they were going or what they were doing, but it, it certainly is the people and I don't know you know you, we look around sometimes and I I wonder um, you know how special it's going to be for your mom this year uh, to maybe go out to a soccer game and Bennett's down on the sidelines with his big lens shooting the photographs and Scotty and Marty are up in the stands doing what they do and, and maybe you're in the booth with us uh, that night and once again the family is together. I mean, what kind of moment might that be for for your mom this, this fall? <laughs> yeah, I've, um well, I think it'll be special. You know, she loves. She's she's an athletic person too, mm -hmm. uh, as you can tell through us. But uh, so I think it'll give her joy, right, to be around and see her sons also in the same area doing the things that they love to do, right? Um, and she'll hopefully she'll be proud. But I know it'll take her back forty years, and she'll be very uh, excited to have her family all around again so, right yeah. right and 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 you and I have both grown we are our kids are are, are grown and and uh, anytime that you get those special little times where everybody's back together it is you know we you realize that it's everybody's got their own schedule and they're going their own way and anytime we can get it together that's great um, finally Rusty um, you've touched a little bit on this but can you can you put into words what Campbell University and this community has meant to you in your life it, um, you know, I, like I said, I came came when I was in the fifth grade, so just a young, young boy, right? Didn't know anything about life. Um, being in this environment, and I've been in some big cities since over the last 41 years, so we've, we've been able to put our feet on the ground in some big areas. And this, you always come back here, and it's a very comfortable environment um 
I've been gone 41 years, and there's still people that, that come by and say, hey, Rusty, Rusty Scarborough, how are you doing? You know, uh, that, you know, their kid, their son was maybe one of my friends or, or they were one of my friends back then, you know. And, uh, it's hard to, to tell each other after so many years, but it's a, it's a family environment. It's a very safe environment. It's a very um, culturally enriched environment. I haven't spoken about that, but during my time growing up, I mean, we were on campus going to plays and little concerts and, you know, different things that were happening, basketball games, things like that, soccer games um, that were on campus. It just helps you evolve into the person that you are. And Campbell is a big part of my, my DNA, how I treat people, right? How do you, how do you handle situations? Um, I, I think, you know, more times than not at Campbell or at, in this environment, the people that I've dealt with, um, are very, are more laid back, more able to cope with, uh, the stresses of life, whereas maybe in other areas that I've been, it's, it was a little bit different. So, um, it's, I'm, we're excited to be back and, and hopefully help continue this community moving forward. Well, this is Rusty Scarborough uh, sharing his tales from the creek, and we look forward to uh, our next episode, and we thank you for, uh, for listening. Rusty, thank you for your time, and uh, looking forward to working with you throughout the season and throughout the years here as we uh, continue to cover the Campbell Soccer Program. Thank you, Stan.